0: I just got on a piece, and uh, I don't know too many bands to talk about. But you're listening to Maximum Show.
1: Automatic defense procedures
2: initiated.
1: What we've got here is
2: maximum voltage, maximum power, maximum carnage.
3: This is maximum threshold. Call the show
2: at 440-709-4977.
1: Maximum threshold. Well, here's and here's your hosts, Dom. He's actually quite smart. He just makes errors of judgment along the way.
3: Fantastic one.
4: What a way to start to show off with some Junkyard with Hollywood going back a long way. And tonight, man, we have an interview with David Roach. Michael caught up with him last night, and we got an interview here for you. Dave Roach, of course, the front man for the band Junkyard. And, you know, Mike Michael said it's a pretty long interview, so it's got to be good. You know, hey, obviously, they hit some topics that mean something to somebody. <laughs> So, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I haven't heard it yet because I just got it just a little while ago. So, I'll hear this I'll sit here and listen to it right along with all of y'all. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, especially all of our new listeners as well. The episode 534 of the Maximum Threshold Radio Show, MTRS. I got a lot going on, man. A whole lot. Got some new releases. I got some new music here. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be playing the new stuff. Because we got all these interviews and it's going to take up a lot of time, but I have the interview I've talk, been talking up for like the last week or two. The, conval- the convalescence got that lined up. Now we have the interview with the band Twisted. Twisted. Uh, George caught up with them over at Warp Tour um, a few weeks ago, and if we have some more more time, I got I have Chelsea Chelsea's grin lined up too. So I I don't know if we're gonna get all to all four of them. Probably not, probably two to three at the most. But I got some stuff I'm going to be playing for you throughout the night. Uh, I got a lot more requests for that (laughs) pigweed that we played last week. They want to hear it again. So we're probably going to be throwing some more pigweed at you and some more beer wolf. Those two were fucking, they took over last week. (laughs) I was pretty excited. (laughs) I like when we get requests. You can request, you can send an email at the show at mtrshow at gmail.com, you know, whatever you want to hear. And I'll try most definitely 99%, 98% of the time, I'll get it on there for you. If you're not listening, if you're not tuning in, but you just email, it's about 50-50 then. But if you're there, if you're sending me messages throughout the show and tell me you're listening and I can see that you're listening to it, I'll play it. I don't care. I'll bump something. I'll get you on him because you take priority if you're listening to us live because you're taking time out of your life. Thanks, Jeff. He said I sound better. Yeah, I guess I, my volume is up a little too high, and I don't—I don't want to be blowing everybody's ears out and
5: making.
4: We're not going to do that tonight. Oh man, yeah. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Like I said, uh, tonight interview with David Roach. Junkyard caught last night. Michael is currently at some festival somewhere, BFE in Pennsylvania, somewhere. Who the hell knows? Seeing Vixen and Faster Pussycat and some other bands. Him and Shando, they're out there causing havoc. Hopefully they're getting some free food. Well, I know Michael is. Michael has a way with the bands. He knows the goal. The goal number one goal is to get free, get in. Two, if you score food. Three, if you get drinks. He doesn't drink, but if you got Shannon with him, if you can score him a drink, that's a grand slam. Right, that's not a home run or a triple. That's a grand slam. Uh, let's see. So let's let's get into this, man. Um, you know, I want to tell you this, man. I since I've had this new uh, Ghost prequel. Man, it's really growing on me. Now, I've listened to it twenty-something times. It's got to be more than that, because when the songs, I I sort of know the words of the song. I even start talking with that fucking accent too. <laughs> like I'm from Sweden and shit. And I, I can't roll my can't roll my R's, man. So I can't do the rats. I have to say mice. <laughs> but they got the record is really cool. There's there's some good stuff on there. I mean, there, there's maybe a couple of little clunkers on there, but other than that, man, that record is it's damn good. I mean, even the clunkers are, are good quality songs, but they're not the kinds that they got too much piano and shit in there, you know, and fuck, you lose me there for a little bit, you know. But other than that, man, the new Ghost prequel, I, to me personally right now, I think it's the best. It's it's not the heaviest, but it's, it's really, it sounds really good. I like a couple of, there's some really good riffs in there that they did. And it's, I like the singer, man. The singer is right on it. And it fits in perfect with this mix and it sounds good. And I like the direction they're going. And I think this band's, this record are really going to, they're really going to blow up. I mean, not saying like last year, they, they weren't doing good in year before. But I think this is the catapult year for this band. I'm hearing them on our, our local radio stations, which is really cool. And you get really excited when you hear that. Is when you start hearing some of your cool music that you like listening to on mainstream radio, man. It kind of makes you get a little excited because you don't hear that shit. You hear the stupid stuff all the time. But yeah, there you go. So I've been talking for a good seven minutes. I'm about to shut my head up and we're going to roll into this. I want to say this. Um, two weeks, man, be watching, I'm going to go check out the Dead Daisies at the Cleveland Agora. Well, unfortunately, we couldn't play that show. I wanted to. I really wanted to. I wanted, to, I wanted to share the stage with my buddies. Oh you know, God, got Doug Aldrich, Dean Casanova. We go back a long, long way with these guys. And, of course, John Karabi. I would love to share the stage with them. And I know Michael wanted to, too, but the other guys couldn't pull it out. It's a, it a Wednesday. Eh, you know, shit happens and all, but, you know, maybe down the road we're going to get the fire of the band. We've got, we got the new name of the band. We're not giving it out yet. It's coming up soon. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll announce it on the next show that we do. Because uh, I think we're, we're moving away from the Morning Wagon name and going to the new new one. I've been, we've been giving hints out and stuff for a while. But we haven't yet to say anything. So, um, yeah. Well, let me, me, me bust out a couple of these little quick commercials. We'll come back and we'll get in the interview with David Roach. And then we're gonna fuck roll right into it. I and I got some the the new junkyard as well. I got faded. I'm gonna play afterwards after the interview with David. I'll come back, give away some shit. I give away the new junkyard C D. Uh give away some other shit I got. I new Judas Priest. If you don't got it, I'll hook you up with it. Let's see. Um um I don't know. I got a bunch of stuff. I even, you know what? I'll even make it a package deal in this next contest I do. We'll give you out the digital release of the new Junkyard. I got the new Pigweed and Beerwolf, and I might even be able to squeeze out the new Orange Goblin. Now that one's really damn good. So, um, whew, Okay, I'll be back after this, man. Stay tuned. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And, Jeff, you rock, motherfucker.
2: Calling to the show. West Coast callers call 213-973-7237. Once again, 213-973-7237. East Coast callers 440-709-4977. Once again, 440-709-4977.
1: Missed the live show, go to StitcherRadio.com and search Maximum Threshold
6: and listen in today. That's Maximum Threshold and Stitcher
7: Radio. A match made in heaven.
2: You want to listen to Maximum Threshold
4: Radio on your phone? You can do so. That app is out there, baby. Tune in radio. Go to your little market there and Download tune in radio. Just type that in the search. Tune in radio. Once you download that app, click it, activate it, blah blah blah. Search maximum threshold. That's once again at TuneIn Radio. You can also catch the podcast on there also. Uh, real nice, check
3: it out. Tune in radio for maximum threshold radio live. Hey, everybody, this is David Ellison, and we are thrashing it up here on
4: MaximumThreshold.net. Regulars rocking, probably with their sister. I mean, listen to Maximum Threshold right here. Maximum Threshold Radio Show. Hey, these guys over here are Maximum Threshold. Man, they're so metal. Uh, Oh, their taint is rusty.
2: That's the threat going the only place can three midget forms and listen to player at the same time.
3: You can't spell the words complete idiot without the letters. C-O-M. You're
4: listening to Tom. Yeah, like I said, I got this interview here with David Roach of Junkyard right now. Uh, so stick around, man. Listen to it. It's, got, it's going to be good. I think it's like 19 minutes long. So if you're just sitting there listening on your Mac or something or wherever you're listening to us on your phone, driving around town, driving through the meatpacking district in New York City listen this man it's gonna be fun i'm i can guarantee you anything that michael does it's it's great especially when I, when I see it's something long like this it's nice because i know he's covering a lot of shit and i'm looking forward to it so here you go man this is david roach at the band junkyard you heard that we opened the show with junkyard and this is it david roach exclusively on maxim threshold radio
8: no not at all Hey everybody, I'm here with David Roach. Do you prefer Dave or David, first of all? You gotta call me David. Mom told me. Okay. Not
7: that one. My right. real mother.
8: So, David from Junkyard. Once again, old friend of the show. And you, as you guys all know, I'm a big fan of Junkyard. So, what's new and exciting in the life of Junkyard? Since, since we saw you 363 days almost ago almost a year ago today.
7: Um, not as much as I'd hoped. Uh, I thought 2017 would be a lot busier than it has been. It's about to get busy, which I'm grateful for. But um, you know, we had a you know one reason or another. A few things dropped out, and uh, and that's fine. You know, we're ready to you know get going. But you're uh, still
8: you're uh, still out there. I mean, after all these still th- out years here. of this is
7: a freaking miracle
8: of uh, hit and miss, like spotty activity. Look at you guys. On the road again, yeah. much to the delight of... And look at all those myself. kooks
7: over there with junkyard colors.
8: Oh, I know, it's right? beautiful. Isn't it? It's great. I mean, look at... See, like, last year it was pretty packed. This year it's, like, out the door packed. You know, so... It's a good them, sign. You want how's everybody been uh, receiving the new music now that it's... The high water's, what, about a year and a half old now? How's everybody yeah. uh, reacting to it in the crowds? They
7: like it. You know, it's not like a situation where we're, uh, you know, a band that puts out an album every year or two and you know tries to experiment with their concept. You know, we, we're, we're a junkyard. We play three chord rock and roll, and that's the way that it always was, and that's
8: the way it always will be. You know? Yeah, I mean, you guys got the sweet spot where you 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 draw the crowds from like the punk rock crowd. You get a little, you get some of the rockabilly crowd, even because of when Hollywood and Simple Man and your first couple albums came out, you know, was at in the towards the end of the hair metal. So you guys got kind of you got you got crowd from that. You know that that's how I got turned on to you guys originally. My and that is our base crowd too. Yeah, my so girlfriend, yeah, her family was rich, and that you remember remember uh, records, mm-hmm. used, new records used to be released on Tuesdays. Yes, yeah, yeah, she would go and buy every new release. And like, across the board, yeah, everything. And if it was no good, she'd throw it away. I was like poor, so I would have to pick one album every like every paycheck that I could get into. So she she's like, check this out, and I was like, oh, I remember like you guys had one song on a sampler. So she turned me on to that, and it was like, and it was like, you know, we were like into the hair metal, but I also like like metal metal, and even like. You know, the Black Crows, like, all my friends are like, oh, that's bullshit country. So you, you like a little bit of everything, but you guys have enough diversity. You know, you said it's just three-quarter rock. You you guys got that sweet spot where it's like, you know, what what are those four states out west that there's, like, the four corners you can touch all four of them? You guys are, like, right in the middle of four corners right there. Well, I hope I didn't say the same thing last time you interviewed me, but
7: um, you know, we we our music is a reflection of what we grew up on and what we loved and, mm-hmm. and it is all those things. I mean, I listened to Hank Williams with the same love that I listened to, you know, Judas Priest when I was a kid. You know, it's it's it, it is what it is. Music to me it shouldn't be uh categorized or anything. I think it's personal and what you like is what you like. What What's appeals like? to you what it is like. I'm, I like country I like punk I like rock and roll my band is a rock and roll band but the stuff that I like seeps into it you know yeah, and, and so and and on that last record I've seen reviews where they said it was pop country and it sucked and then, and then I've had like harder you know interviews where they say it's um, punk it's not rock and you know so everybody's got a different opinion and everybody's got a different viewpoint but you know to me it's just rock and roll it's my right. Junkyard's Version or
8: exactly that's and that's no reason to complicate it. Yeah, and that's the sweet spot, right in the middle of everything. And and the other thing is, you know, and I probably said this, like you said, you hope you didn't say this in last interviews. I probably touched on these in different words, but you guys, you definitely you touch on honesty. You're, You're singing about your life, and you can feel like the ups and downs in your life and. That's you want. That's what you want in music. You want to feel like, yeah. There's like fun, frivolous songs that don't mean much. You hear and you like songs, but like songs that stick with you are like songs that touch you and you feel like when you sing "Simple Man." You know, I'm just a simple man. Give me what, I, give me what you can and set me free. I might, I might have got the lyrics wrong. I'm, I'm really tired. But, but you feel that. You feel that. Everybody and like. You can feel like in your your music, even like the new album. You can feel spots where you were down and out, and then there's other spots where you're 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 up, and that's life is a roller coaster. It's not always up, it's not always down, and it's like it's a journey, and you feel it. And it's like, you know, as a musician, you want to touch people, you know, and you it you of course you want people to like your stuff because then you can keep making it and. Have a living doing this stuff and not have to bust your hump. Because then, when, when you know when you when the times get lean and you you have to bust your hump, you, you're not as you're not exactly as creative. It's like when you guys started and you were hungry and this was all you did. You know you were living it and you you could feel it. It it like seeps out of those songs, even the new stuff. It does, of course.
7: Well, that's because I'm still living it and I'm still you know living hand to mouth, check to check. And um, yeah, I mean, and as far as song, you know, I write the songs I write because that's the only I can only write what I know about, yeah. and I think people can relate. To, uh, I, that's the songs I relate to is when I hear something that sounds like, you know, that hits the nail on the head about situations in my life, yeah. and um, and there's different kinds of you, you know, there's rock bands that sing about science fiction fantasy, whatever shit. But I, the only thing I know is what I know, and that's life is fucking beautiful and life is fucking hard. Yeah,
8: it's it's it is, it's a motherfucker, but at the same time it's the most beautiful thing. Like, do you have, do you have any kids? I don't want to get. Like, yeah, I have a
7: kid, and I was just telling him the same thing. I said, he's like, oh, is life always this hard? I mean, why? You know. Because he he can suppress sometimes, and I said that. Well, I do too. And, it, and I said, but you, you have to have you have to go through the hard shit to appreciate no. the beauty in life. Yeah, you know? cause a because a lot of
8: kids these days are handed everything. Yeah, and they, yeah. they they don't understand what it's like to work for anything. Yeah. Does your does your kid uh, like, does he look and he's like, that's my dad. That's really cool. Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, like it, yeah. It, like that like. That you guys were on top of the world at one point. You know, I mean, like, I knew so many people. I, I know it didn't translate nowadays. I mean, but you guys are still out doing it. But you guys were, like, at the top. Like, not... You guys may not have been selling out arenas, but how many bands... How many bands... Couldn't even like make it to open yeah, for like, you guys. Like, I'm
7: incredibly grateful for what we what we've accomplished, but we were never an arena band. The only time we got close to an arena was opening for Leonard Skinnerd, and it was awesome. But we usually play mid-sized venues. But three, didn't you guys? Did you guys do like the Operation
8: Rock and Roll tour? Some of those dates. With, weren't you guys? Didn't you guys do that Judas Priest thing? No. I must have. I must have seen you, the same week then, because in my mean. foggy memory, you guys were on that. But you guys must have been here the same week, but like how you like there's a lot of, uh, I guess you would say, compatriots or however you say the word, the the, the guys that you came up with that you guys have played with that, colleagues or yeah things. colleagues yeah comrades that's the yeah, word yeah, yeah. but like how many of those guys have given up, you know, and you guys are still out there doing it. It's a testament to your will and your desire and and to your art. Well, I mean, I mean, there was
7: several years in between, you know, back then and now that we, I wasn't doing anything. We weren't doing anything. Yeah. And, you know, luckily there's a handful, you know, enough people that are still interested in us uh, you know, to uh, give us the availability to do things like this. Yeah. You know, fly out on the weekend, play Detroit, play Cleveland, and, you know, have some fun. And, and you know, a lot of longtime fans get what they want we get what we want you know and it's great but um, yeah it's,
8: it's got it's and it's also it's got to be better to like do some to play like more intimate shows like this with your fans and to go out with another band from that era and play like 30 minutes and you gotta and you're playing for their crowd and they, they you might have same fans but it's like okay you guys get 30 minutes we're playing an hour and a half it's like yeah, in oh, fact, we, I'm
7: looking forward to it. We're playing with L.A. Guns for a few shows. So probably a handful, a dozen shows uh, towards the end of the year. Oh, yeah? And it'll be their crowd. We'll probably pull 100, 150 people that want to see us. and uh, But, you know, um,
8: it is what it is, you yeah. know. Um, but you guys just... will get to play. you'll, I think that's a similar crowd because they were... Oh, yeah. There's definitely a... You
7: know, they were it will overlap. Yeah. There's there's LA Gun Junkyard fans that'll be yeah. there too, and, yeah. and there's LA fans. Is that going to be like
8: a full tour, or just a? You said just they, a couple of
7: dates. They wanted us to do a full tour with them, and I wanted to too. But uh, the truth of the matter is, most of our guys have uh, real jobs. Yeah. I've been holding out on getting a real job. I've had one most of my life, and yeah. I, if I'm going to go out, go I'm out go swinging. Out. Yeah, and uh, and so I just. You no, I don't care if I'm starving. I, I want to do this, yeah. and only this, while I can still do it. I don't. St- I don't kid myself. I'm 52, and I like to bring it on stage. I like yeah. to have a lot of energy. And I want to. I want to fuck shit up on right. stage. Now, when I, a few more years, I slow down and I can't bring it like I want to, then I don't. You know, then it's time to.
8: You know. Well, you got, and you get, you've kept the same unit, junkyard as, the same guys for the last since you since High Water like yeah. I mean this will be well it. we've had a, yeah this will be my third or fourth time getting to see you guys since since the album and it's all the same guys in the band a lot of bands like it, that are doing what you guys are doing where you're just doing weekend shows like it'll be like maybe the singer maybe the guitar player and they'll get it they'll always change the other members
7: well I don't ever want to be David Roach's junkyard yeah you know I'm I'm I need those guys. I want those guys. And if I can't have them, I don't want yeah. to do it. I'm not going to get a bunch of hired guns to play in a junkyard cover band. Yeah. And me being the front guy. Uh, Jimmy's been with us two years now. He's in the band. Everybody else... You know, they say a bunch of new players, but really, it's been me and Pat since the beginning. Todd's been with us since 91. Tim has been riding with us and hanging with us since 90 90 or 91. I mean, we've known him since 86. He's always been a part of the band, in my mind. Well, towards the end especially, he was contributing to songwriting even before he was playing guitar for us. So it's family. We don't audition people. And if I can't... If if I can't tour because Todd's got to work or Pat's got to work or something, then we're not touring. I'm not going to go out with some hired guns and try to you know and just you know there has to be some integrity.
8: Yeah, I mean it's it's one thing if there's like some amazing opportunity and one guy can't do it and he's like, hey, and that's happened too. Get it, get a guy for that show.
7: No, and that's happened too. And we do we have a we have a replacement for Todd, a guy named Gaz. He plays for. um, sorry, yes. Uh, uh, London Choir Boys and okay. some of the bands, and but we've known him for years. He played in Tim and Pat's old band, Sucker Punch, so he's family again. You know, we we know each other. Sure. We're not auditioning strangers. We're we need somebody. We go to the family. We yeah. go to our little circle and yeah. find somebody that we know, and we know there's we get on the road. And he's not going to be some. Trying to burn
8: sage or in yeah. the van, <laughs> yeah. some sacrificing chickens before the show. Well, that's but, not a bad idea, but yeah, you, but, you get me. And, and you guys are a really tight unit. Like you said, you're like family, and so you you can't just replace these guys. I mean, like we no. were talking about I'm the not feeling not, yeah. and the emotion in these songs. You need someone that feels them too, not just someone who's looking for a quick paycheck. Yeah, and, yeah. Or no,
7: you yeah, can't work that way. Yeah. For for me, I mean, for uh, I mean. I mean, you you know, it, it haven't. I mean, everybody's got their lead singers. Yeah, fill in the
8: name of whatever yeah.
7: band that he can't get the whole yeah. members of. You know, whatever. Yeah, like I mean,
8: I have some friends and some bands that tour, and like some of them they have one original member. I mean, like my one friend's in the band, the singer's the only original guy, and the rest of the guys have been in the band longer than the originals. You know, they've been talking like 17, 18 years. Well, that's our case, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, and and it's like some people complain about... And then some promoters try to be shady and they put up an old picture. It's like, just be honest. The fans know. Well,
7: that's part of the reason we got Jimmy is because, you know, Baker just quit, you know, uh, uh, shortly before the album was released. And it was because... He knew he was too busy with bad religion, yeah. and I, and he he wanted what we wanted. I want somebody who's there. And I don't want them to think oh, it was Brian. Why didn't Brian Baker play I thought he was in the band. You know, yeah. he, he just didn't have time. Yeah. He knew it. We knew it. So we want somebody. So there's no, you know, we're not trying to pull the yeah. wool
8: over anybody's eyes. Yeah. You don't want it. It's one thing to schedule your tours around everybody's life and job. It's another thing when it's because they're doing another another band which is fine to have other creative outlets but like you said you're living it breathing it this has got to be your number one creative thing
7: yeah I, you know I don't I don't have you know I mean, being realistic I don't have that many years left doing this you know in this this nostalgic 80's come you know thing it won't last forever and you know and Bad Religion's is Brian Baker's money and it's his bread and butter and, yeah. you know it's um so we do what we do, and uh, we try to keep the integrity of the band as, as 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 close as possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys. Just... I mean, if find me any band, Stones or anybody who's had the same lineup for for thirty yeah, years, right. forty years, fifty exactly. years. Exactly. I mean, you know, when people, people die, complain. people move on. People, you know, yeah, people complain. Original
8: oh, original members. It, sometimes the original members had to be replaced. Yeah. And like I mean and you guys just you guys tear the stage up. I mean you guys like I said you guys are a tight unit. You could tell you enjoy playing together. The passion for the music. And that and that's more important than having some guy like in the band that's just like, you know, not into
7: it. You know? Well that's why Chris isn't in the band anymore. I mean me and Chris started the band. It was Chris's concept. The whole fucking spade thing. It was his idea. And I give him full credit for it. But I couldn't have done it without him. He couldn't have done it without me. And this is where we are now. And uh, But, you know, the last few times we went on uh, tour with Chris, he didn't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. And, and his not enjoying it brought everybody else down. Yeah. So he left and, you know, we, we carry on. But, you know, I like to think we're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, I'm not making a mint, man, believe me.
8: Yeah. And... Going back to the spade, the idea for the spade, that's like, the, oh. like, Black Label Society, they kind of, I don't want to say they stole that idea, but they kind of co-opted the idea of a brand and a lifestyle. Like uh, the Jack Daniels logo? Or like, what? no, like, the, they took the spade, but they made their own BLS oh. logo, and it's like, it's like almost like a whole Bike gang and a lifestyle thing. Yeah, well, that
7: was that's what that's what Chris's concept was. I I want something because we, you know, it was 1986, 87, L.A. where glam was king and pretty, and we were not glam. We were fat and ugly and wore jeans and t-shirts. So that wasn't going to work. So we had to come up with something that was made it cohesive. And his idea was uh, let's make it like a you know, a, a, like a gang kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we have gang colors. And we were like, yeah, cool, you know. And you want to know where the spade came from? I went to Motorhead at Santa Monica Civic. Yeah. With Cro-Mags opening. And we picked up a flyer. And there was a spade with this ring of roses around it. And we are like, that'd be cool. Well, let's, let's just rip off Motorhead. And see like, rip off somebody, that's pretty good going to work? That's a, like, that's a perfect
8: example of, like when I said you guys touch on all bases. Like, I could totally... St- imagine you guys sharing a bill with Motorhead. Because Motorhead has moments of metal, but they're they're really just a hard rock band. You yeah. guys are just, like, you guys are that gritty rock and roll. You, you get a little hard on spots, you get a little softer on spots, but by no means is it, like, a glammy ballad. I'm sure back in the day, Geffen... Wanted you guys to release the ballad. Oh,
7: didn't you know? Every band was required to do a ballad. And it was always the third song. Second song. The song. Third song. Se- sec- no. Second Either that or second, or second song, second, second side. side. Yeah. 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 The formula. The it, whole goddamn thing's a formula. But our ballad, like, hands off, it wasn't that pretty. Yeah. It was more like the ugly side of the ballad. Yeah, love, it, was, you know? it was, like, depressing. So it it was real. real. It was
8: real. Like, yeah, and right. like you know, like, like I said, Simple Man, You're t- that touches more honesty with like than like some of the ballads, oh baby I need you, oh I love you. Yeah. You're just like, well, you know what? And Beat that's what it.
7: that's what Britney Spears says too. And Taylor Swift and shit. So, you know whatever.
8: Um, uh, how old's your kid? 15. 15. So what's he into? Like video games. I no, no. I I got him into what
7: he I I push some idea, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, you, the people that like, my fans who are rockers aren't going to dig this, but I grew up with like, besides Motorhead, ACDC, Judas Priest, I, you know, I was into punk and stuff, and also shit like Echo and the Bunny Man and The Cure, and stuff like that, Lovely and too. those guys would hate it for me, if I said, but, and you know, I, I, I give my kid what my mom gave me, uh, a whole spectrum of music, you know, yeah. From Hank Williams to, to Led Zeppelin, and everything in between, you yeah. know, and, and and basically the message was, there's all kinds of music, yeah. listen to it and get what you like, you know, yeah. you might like one kind of music, one song, one kind of something, to me it's more about the song than, than the genre, or the genre, uh, or the, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of these rockabilly guys hair metal guys so that's their world that's all they'll listen to but you're cutting yourself short if you only listen to one kind of music I mean there's too much good shit out there
8: and then then also there's like I don't understand these kind of people that just listen to whatever's on the radio they don't change the station they don't don't care it's like they don't they don't have passion for any well they're probably not that interested in music yeah they just listen to whatever is on and it's like don't you is there something you love like I had my son's 23. When he was little, of course, he liked whatever I did. So he loved Van Halen. He loved Rob Zombie and White Zombie because, it, you know, it was getting into that. It was, he, he liked some of the, like, he liked Motley Crue. He liked Poison. Um, he would have probably, back then, he would have loved you guys if you were still torn. I mean, I took him to see Poison Motley Crue. I seen him to, took him to see David Lee Raw. So, and he loved it. Now he listens to this fucking rap music. Uh-huh. And now, I will say this. I like back then, like, when you guys were at your height of popularity, I liked that, like, the old school rap, like, Run DMC, Public Enemy, like, uh, KRS-One, and... Yeah,
7: no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not this. it's like everything else. I mean, those guys, there was, like, any other kind of music, when something gets popular, there's 500 other band or rappers whatever they call trying to imitate or be you know so there's it it happened with Guns and Roses you know all of a sudden, there's 200 bands trying to be Guns N' Roses. That's how we got signed. Yeah. And Pearl Jam, uh, and I know it, uh, Nirvana happens, mm-hmm. and there's a 200 bands sound, trying yeah. to sound like Nirvana. Yeah. Out of all those bands, maybe five or six of them are, are worth yeah. the shit. And like, it's, like it's when Guns N' Roses wins. got signed, maybe five or six bands that, that got signed afterwards were worth the shit. Huh. When rap hit big, Run DMC, those bands you mentioned, uh, hit big, then everybody, and there was... A few bands that yeah. were... Or a few rappers yeah. that were, were worth their fucking weight. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's a fucking business. And you know? And then, the, the, the businessmen... Are, you know, they, they see something that hits, is successful. They're trying to find the next one so they can, you know... Yeah,
8: that's so they can make their money it. off it. And that's the thing, too. Like, people say, oh, Grunge... Nirvana and Grunge killed... The hair metal? No, they didn't no. what it was. It was we, a hair all, metal killed hair metal. It was the when you get to the third, fourth, fifth tier s- of, tier of the bands, yeah. and it's like all these shitty bands get signed, and you have to dig through them to find that one. Like you said, out of all those bands after the initial ones, what was good? Mm. And it was like, and it needed to go away. So the good it stuff could, still So it could reinvent like, itself.
7: Like it happens. It's it's like life, man. When something grows.
8: It. Gets old and dies and something new comes along. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful when I say this. But Fuck you, man. <laughs> but imagine, you think a rapper that was at your level of success wasn't super like, arena, but wasn't like nobody. You think a, ra- a rapper or a pop musician in in the same level of success as you guys. Right, they're not around today. They're not torn because they didn't have good music. They didn't have good the the hard work ethic. Because it's not just writing good songs; it's hard work and dedication. And it's like those none of people don't that stuff was throwaway. You guys are at least like, like there's nobody like looking for like whoever, whatever rap band in '91 had one song in the top twenty, you know. But you guys had you guys had good songs and our great live and the the people still come from all those years ago because it was quality it wasn't just put out bullshit from the record company the record company may have pushed you guys to to put the ballads there put them out but at least they were honest they were they were ballads junkyard style they weren't hey this you like cheap trick hey you guys are going to write you guys are going to play this song the flame which turned out to be one of their biggest hits that they didn't write, they didn't even want to do. But you guys, you guys like, not to say cheap, they didn't. Not to say that's not a good song, but you guys never did it. You guys were always your ballad was junkyard. It wasn't. Well, I think even more than that, it's just um,
7: we didn't. I feel like in a lot of, um, I'm not, I don't want to say great bands because I don't, you know we are where we are. Uh, the bands that can survive all those years, our bands didn't pigeonhole themselves too much. By, I mean, we the songs we write are not timeless, like oh my god, it's so timeless, but they're relevant back then and right now because I'm talking about simple shit about about real life, yeah. and that uh, that's always going to be relevant. Yeah, and you you're know, and it's you're, not about you know hot pussy and hot cars and and all that shit and and you know. You know, I can wear the same clothes I did when I was 21 because all I ever wore is t-shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't wearing hair and makeup and all that stuff back then. So now that I'm older and I'm receding and all the shit that happens when you get older, I don't have to look or be like, I, you know, that shit what, I ever, it was 30 years did ago. you ever miss the
8: long bleach blonde hair? No. But. <laughs> the, uh, but also not just, you know, the, you say you're singing about simple stuff, but you, there's, you know, your well, your no, real you're, stuff. Your real stuff. People yeah. can identify with. That's
7: what makes the difference between.
8: It's, and, and it's because honest. Because
7: it's, and it's also universal. The feelings that I try, or I write about are, are shit that happens to everybody in and their lives, whether it was 2,000 years ago or t- five years ago or yeah. five years from now. Yeah, and fucked up relationships, dysfunction in your love life, in your work life, and everything.
8: And the and the music also, like you said about being pigeonholed. The music you guys didn't cater to the time. You just did your own. Like I said, you may have the record company may have pushed you to release, like the sing the singles as the as the ballads and stuff. But most people remember junk artists, Hollywood, and and blues you know they remember the rockers And but your music is just rock and roll it's not pigeonholed like you said into any specific style and I think that lends to the fact that you guys can still go out and like you said just like all those years ago you wear the same thing you don't change you don't have why, to change
7: you know why can Aretha Franklin still see Respect and people go yeah I want Respect why can you know I mean I can give you a million examples of people writing from the heart their shit will will stay in the chest of time because you're talking about human issues not yeah, yeah. you know what was happening in 1987 86 yeah, yeah. down and in the strip
8: even we're though talking and, about life and some of that some stuff comes back like you know the political bullshit from back then now we're in a different sort of political strife and division of the country and stuff but like you said not the strip and like that party lifestyle that was fun I mean
7: Damn right it was. It was but I you know, mean, if you, I didn't, go- I didn't write about it. I yeah. was having fun doing it. Yeah, you don't write happy songs when you're having fun. Yeah. I write. I, I shouldn't say you. I mean, people. I, using personally, the of- personally, I write fucked up songs about fucked up shit because I'm in a fucked up mood. If I'm, I, I don't write a lot of positive stuff because. I'm too busy having fun
8: and enjoying life. But you know what that that's another beauty of of your songs, you said it's just it's honest, but it's also even like your slow songs, and they sound like sappy, but it's really like gritty. And you know, it's not like oh baby, come back. It's more like oh fuck you. And even the upbeat songs aren't about like, yeah, party, party. It's like some of it's about the grittier, enjoy the side. party and it's hang like, on for the aftermath because yeah, it's yeah, coming. Believe yeah. me, it might not be about the party, it's more about the hangover the next day, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so, what goes up must come down, that's right. And hopefully, you can get, go right back up eventually, right? Yeah. So, we're gonna wrap this up because I know you're getting you probably got to warm up so you can tear the stage. Yeah, off. I gotta do
7: my 30 minute yoga meditation yeah. and stretching before. No, I thought you were I'm more joking. of a
8: Pilates guy myself, <laughs> but so. Real quick, one thing I'm, I
7: didn't ask pepperoni and onion. Pepperoni and onion. Oh, pl- I would throw pizza. Pilates, no. <laughs> I don't eat
8: Pilates, no. Well, well, okay. Speaking of pizza, what's your thoughts of pineapple on pizza? That's
7: funny. I was talking about that the other day.
8: I don't. I don't like um, mixing my cuisines.
7: I think uh, uh, if you. I mean, the closest I get is uh, Mexico and Italy, and that's Italian sausage and jalapenos. I personally, I lie. I've I've had pieces of pizza with pineapple on it and it was
8: fine but if I had my druthers I wouldn't eat it I, I wouldn't I'm just a, usually a. I like pepperoni I'm more of a pepperoni and maybe sausage not the little rabbit shit looking no toast. real Italian sausage yeah. so and if, pizza I know I'm getting hungry and I just ate mm-hmm. if you could if you could which golden girl would you Betty White. Betty White. Just because she's funny. That would be the one that you. She's the funniest one. It wouldn't be Maude. Maude looks. I'm. I'm not convinced Maude was a woman. I'm not. Well, even the
7: other two. I don't. Who else was on that show? I don't remember. There was a. There was a
8: really old one.
7: Yeah. Right. And then there was a semi-hot one, like horny one that was like yeah, like granny milf
8: whatever. She was always looking.
7: But um. But uh. But Betty White was funny and. Humor goes a long way.
8: Yeah. I, mean, I bet you. I bet you could fucking suck a dick back in her day. What do you think?
7: I, I bet. I you could suck the chrome What? Well, how? I mean,
8: she's probably like a hundred now, and I, she could probably still get at give the little. She might. She might have like those old flappy arms, which she'll still give the old twisty action.
7: Now you're freaking me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but,
8: but um, but I mean no, I mean sense humor
7: goes a long way. It's very attractive. I remember when I was a kid reading Playboy, all the girls. They, you know What do you like What's a turn on and a turn off They always say A, a guy with a sense of humor up. What's a turn off Dirty fingernails So I try to keep my fingernails clean Dude those are some clean fingernails Well I mean I work with my hands all the time And they get dirty But yeah. If you're gonna i wash them before I go on a date yeah. or something
8: Yeah, yeah you don't and, wanna be finger blasting some girl With no, some dirty no, nails She don't want you to either
7: Yeah And a sense of humor man
8: Yeah I know that you're right like, in there if, if, if you can't blast. laugh them into submission just hit them with the chloroform rag that's that's what I say. You You're know? a sick individual I am a little bit yeah so sick. before we yeah. wrap this up Red children tell everybody where they can find junkyard music tour info buy some merch uh, I don't know how this business works
7: anymore I'm 30 years removed you go to our website and you can get t-shirts and hats and all kinds of
8: what's the what's the website stuff. junkyard blues? Or is it just blue I, th-
7: I should know this shouldn't I I believe if you have you uh, you know search for Junkyard blues you'll get to our website yeah. now there's a fan cycle, uh worldwide junkyard fans worldwide and and there's your Facebook page Facebook page junkyard I think is probably the way to get, yeah. get merchandise so you got guys- and Pat the drummer r- is on top of that
8: yes because okay, they're very responsive to fans so seriously everybody go f- Go find the tour dates. Go see these guys on tour, so we can keep them on the road, just so I can see them more. Buy some merchandise. It's and a
7: fun. It's a good. Show. It's a good live show yeah. if you like
8: rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, I don't
7: even care if you like us or not or whatever. If you like rock and roll, you like. You know, we're we're entertaining to watch. I think. Yeah, they're, they're very people good. People tell That's
8: me, so, especially and, if for saying how old you are, you, you still get after it, brother. Uh, you can't fucking lie about. It. I mean, you know. You know what? You know what? Uh, George York. Clinton said If you fake the funk Your nose is gonna grow True that So But seriously Go Don't check out Junkyard funk. Buy some Buy the music Don't just steal it Cause I'll tell you what High Water would fit in Right with Six of sevens Nines And the first Junkyard album And everything they, Like you said You're not reinventing the wheel You just wanna write a new song No And we're not trying to
7: Change You know We're not trying to experiment Awesome Thanks David Thank you.
9: And now for a new music sent in for you to check out.
4: Here's that new junkyard with Faded. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, David.
2: You guys rock!
10: Hey guys, this is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News, and this is your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News report. Dead Letter Circus released a new single called The Real You, which is on YouTube now. It's off their new self-titled album, which is out on September the 21st through Rise Records. And Whitesnake are set to release unzipped 5-CD DVD set in October. Highlights are rare and unreleased acoustic performances recorded over the past 20 years and includes North American debut of concert video Starkers in Tokyo. Pre-orders are up, so you can check that out. And Rush frontman Geddy Lee will release his new book, Geddy Lee's Big Beautiful Book of Bass, on December the 4th through Harper Design. You can pre-order now, and uh, this is written in Geddy's singular voice. This book reveals the stories, songs, and history behind the instruments of his collection, complete with an index and graphically designed timeline of the history of the bass, as well as an up-close look at Geddy's basses on Rush's final r 42 tour and much more. Continuing with your MaximumThreshold.net rock and metal news, Primal Fear are set to release their new album Apocalypse on August the 10th. A video for the track Ritual is now on YouTube. And uh, pre-orders are up now as well. And Leonard Skinner, they've announced a new release titled Live in Atlantic City. Live in Atlantic City will be released as CD, Blu-ray, Digipack, and 2LP, Gatefold, and a download as well. It's going to be out on September 21st through Ear Music. Some of the songs are working for MCA, Gimme Three Steps, Down South, Junkin', Kryptonite, Call Me the Breeze, Sweet Home Alabama, and Freebird, among many others. And finally, The White Swan, featuring Kitty drummer Mercedes Lander, have released the title track off their new EP. It's called Touch, Taste, Destroy. It's on YouTube now, and it's going to be out on September the 7th. This is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News with a Z, and this has been your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News report. Thanks for tuning in.
4: Thanks, Ron. Thanks for the Rock and Metal News. We won't have one next week. <clears throat> he's taking a week off next week. So it's going to be me, baby. I'm going to be pulling out the music news. It's not going to be as well structured as his because <laughs> he does a damn good ass job. Always has been doing this for years with us and he's out of Vancouver. Got to check him out on YouTube. He's got just do a search for rock and metal news and subscribe to their service on there on YouTube and, he covers a lot more stuff, more than that you hear over here on MTRS. Well, I want to thank, right now, I want to thank Michael for that great interview that he did with David Roach of Junkyard. And in a second here, I'm going to be giving Rory Kelly a call. Uh, I just got recently got turned on to his music, and, man. I was like, I got to reach out to this guy, man, because it the music was really cool. It had that real bluesy, funk, and, and smooth sound to it. And I was like, man. I gotta turn other people onto it because we're coming right out from the mood from Junkyard with their kind of sound, and I think that Rory's music here kind of like floats right into it. And I think it's this would be great. So we're gonna give him a call. Then we got a couple of the songs here lined up. We'll probably knock one of them out afterwards. And yeah, we're gonna roll right in there. This this just popped in. So if you noticed earlier in the show when I said what interviews I had lined up, this one wasn't part of it, but we're gonna do it anyways. Uh, so hold on a second. Okay, so let's work on this. We're going to give Rory a call here right now. We'll get him on the show. And me pull his number up. Okay, and Mary's still here. She says, blah, 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 blah. I don't want you people to be calling this guy. Blah, blah. That's why I did that.
2: enjoy this verizon
9: ring back tone while your party is cool
4: oh yeah i like that rory
0: yeah
4: what's going on man
0: how much was up right yeah
4: i was just i was just enjoying your verizon ringtone the music i was waiting on hold (laughs) (laughs) so what's going Uh, on man
6: not much, man. I literally just walked out the, out of the studio.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: We're in the process of doing like a little EP right now. We got our own, uh, you know, we got our own studio out in the out in the woods. Yeah, kind of, a, you know, our own thing to do. And I guess your cousin Mary yeah. texted me and mentioned um, about your rock your radio show and. You know, she kind of just gave me the lowdown, and all of a sudden, bam, we're talking. And I was like, "Yeah, what a cool, that's good, a good end, like an end of the day kind of thing." It's nice,
4: good little thing. <laughs> nice. You guys got any Sasquatch um, um, sightings out there,
6: man? But you, no, but you know what, my old man, who yeah. is also my drummer, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's an avid uh, fucking Bigfoot dude. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, man, I, you know, I get on the i am a conspiracy theorist yeah. myself. <laughs> I get on a lot of these uh these fucking
5: <coughs>
6: YouTube channels and I, I tell you what there's some there's some at least the people that are saying the story there are some believable people yeah. I, you know I haven't never seen one myself, but there's some pretty uh some pretty interesting stories for sure
4: Do you hear any of those um sounds that they say that they make out there?
6: I have never heard one myself, but you you know what not that I'm aware of you know yeah. now growing up. Um, there's a very good chance I did and just didn't know what the hell it was. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, I tell you what, when we travel, uh, when we go north from here though, Mm
5: -hmm.
6: one of the spots we have to hit of course is West Virginia. Yeah. And if there's ever a Sasquatch, uh, a place for, for, for Bigfoot to reside, it would be there. There's some, I mean, oh man, I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of just, you know, unexplored turf that, that. You know, uh, we would ne- we would have no idea yeah. there's another civilization going on. Oh, there is. They're you called. Know.
4: It's called inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's oh. <laughs> it
6: isn't actually Bigfoot. It's just a big fucking inbred guy. It is.
4: It's what it has to be. It's got to be something like that. You know, when you when you mix the mothers and brothers and sisters and the Amish in it, in the twist in the mix, that's what you're gonna get. You get some Sasquatch.
6: Uh, yeah, that's exactly what a Sasquatch is.
4: <laughs> right on. So, where are you located at?
6: Uh, we man, we say Asheville. Where we're, you know we're twenty minutes east of Asheville, a little town called Marion, North Carolina. Yeah. But we hail from Asheville. You know, I mean, it's that's where we do all of our local shows and stuff. There's really not much going on in this little town.
4: You guys got? You guys have um, a waffle house down there?
6: Actually, we just had one put in about a year ago.
4: <laughs> oh, man. There goes a the digestive tract in your community.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time they build a restaurant, it's something like that, you know, fast yeah. food or, you know, some type of junk food. Yeah, I mean, if if we're going to go to, uh, you know, my wife and I are going to go to uh, to grab a real bite to eat that we want to, you know, treat ourselves, I mean, it's a 40-minute drive. You know what I mean? we. Within forty minutes of our house, we can't find nothing but fucking McDonald's and Bojangles and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> That's all it is.
4: <laughs> so, how's the music scene down there?
6: Um, man, it's cool. I, and when I when I speak of that, I, I'm speaking from Asheville. Um, yeah. The uh, man it's cool. It's very eclectic, man. There's a you know, in the last five, I don't know, seven years, I guess. um, the, uh, you know, the the rock, rock and rollers have kind of become, you know, not, I hate to say minority, but it's just, there's so many different styles of music now. I went to a show the other night, um, that my wife plays in, in a, in another, I would call it like punk. It's, it's, I don't know, it's like Johnny Thunder style. I mean, it ain't yeah. quite punk. It's, it's punk ish, but it's got, you know, they got good players. So it's, it's, uh, it's called Zin Vetro is the name of the band and and my wife's the uh she plays bass with them and um I mean they were fucking powerhouse rocking you know, mm-hmm. and then the other two bands that played were like radiohead oh, i mean it was just a weird mix you know what yep. i'm saying it was it was it, so there's a lot a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. um but the, but I've always stuck true to rock and roll and and, and rock and roll's coming back and maybe that's just in my own mind and i believe that yeah. but you got to you know, like feel like that uh, i feel like you know well, I've i we with this particular outfit i mean i've been in in multiple touring bands but this particular outfit's been together about 5 years now and we've been uh I mean, we've been across the country um you know probably 3 times now with this band and even just by uh, kind of having a contact with my old band Crank county daredevils Um, I was able to string together two European tours for us, just, you know, um, 18, 20 dates out there. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw firsthand that people do want to listen. There are people that want to listen to rock and roll. And one of the biggest things I hear from fans or, you know, people that just see us for the first time, and they say, oh, man, thank God. We thought that (laughs) we were never going to hear an original (laughs) rock band again. And, you know, I started thinking to myself, I guess, you know, the last, five or seven years like i was talking about it's either become music that not everybody's into or i get the feeling that it's a ton of cover bands that are are really kind of the 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 people are burnt out on you know i mean they go they go to a bar to listen they get to play a cover charge or whatever and they go in there and they hear the same shit they could hear on the jukebox if they want to so you know we go to these joints and we go in there and and uh you know we have three albums worth of original tunes that we play and uh it just seems like people are getting hungry for that again i don't oh, yeah. know you know because there was a period in there where it just seemed like everybody was doing cover gigs yeah and uh it's like that up here, here too
4: yeah it's like up here in the cleveland area we, we're we going through this same thing i think that's like that everywhere you know the the bands right. the bands who are who are the creative ones the ones who are writing the music you know they're getting pushed aside while these other bands are out there you know Doing their, yeah. playing all the cover stuff because they're getting paid. They're getting paid good money, that, and while us right. all us original artists out here aren't getting paid shit, you know we're actually yeah. selling tickets right. to play places.
6: I know, yeah. You got to sell an X amount of yeah. tickets, or you know, blah blah blah. You don't get into the club, or, or you know, if you don't, then you got to. I mean, fucking buy your own tickets. It's yeah. like man, or we don't play the show. I've, I've I've seen it a million times, and it does suck, man. And you know, I have a few friends that do play in some cover bands, and and you know, I don't rag on them or yeah. nothing, but. I I I don't I try not to get into the conversation with them because <laughs> um I don't want to hear that they got paid 2500 oh, bucks to fucking play poison yep. songs man I yep. just don't want to hear about it you know what I mean I'm like fuck you dude um you know it, it it's, it's weird you know how uh, I I'm not sure I mean I, I guess I see it from the club owner's perspective is that you know they they want bigger crowds and yeah. and but they're not catering to uh You know, the catering to, for lack of better terms, you know, the, the yuppie type crowd that they don't really like rock and roll, but they do one, you know, they do for a Saturday night when it's the cool thing to do. So they're going to hire a fucking cover band to, to, to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? But there are plenty of people out there like you and me and, and, and the scene, the guys that are in, in probably both of our scenes that do create and write music and, we say, man, I look around, and there is plenty of people that will come to these shows. I mean, mm-hmm. they will. And and I think if some of these um, bar owners and club owners will actually believe in that, mm-hmm. you know, and push it, um, I mean, there's there's no reason why uh, there shouldn't be some, you know, new bands emerging. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, I mean, it's, I mean, when's the last time that you heard, like, you, when's it When's the last time you heard of like, uh, uh, you know, a band that everybody was excited about hearing coming out. You know what I mean? It, it, it seems like we have to research to find good oh, bands yeah, because nobody's know. putting anything behind it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, so you find a new band that's like, Oh, these guys kick ass. And you look at their numbers and nobody's even, you know, nobody's watching them. Nobody's yeah. paying attention to them. And you say, why, why has nobody listened to these guys? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's not the fault of the band. The music sounds great. You know, the production value of everybody's shit's good now. I mean, everybody's got the pro tools rig they use. And, yeah. and, you know, so there's quality music coming out with, with and we have to go uh, to the depths of the internet to find it. Yeah. And it's, uh, man, it's it's it sucks in a lot of ways. Um, but then again, the internet it has made it possible for you and me and all of our, buddies to release music whether we got a label or not that's right now the only other thing we can do is run you know do the legwork now and try to show up in every cleveland and nashville and austin texas or wherever and and try to hit those spots as many times as you can without going too broke and uh hopefully by the you know the dozen time you've been around you're starting to bring three or four hundred people into a club yeah And, and i think that's where a lot of bands probably uh you know, split up or break up because, I mean, it, you you want to believe in what you're doing. You love what you're doing. You're writing it, it's, and it's your project. And it gets discouraging the eighth time you've been to a place, and you know that you guys just had a slam and set, and you guys kicked ass, and fucking nine people were there. You know Man, what I mean? No. Um, it, and it, it it's you can either stay the course and do it, and, and just try to come back a tenth time if you can. You know what I mean? Or 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 give it up, you know. what I'm saying, and that's uh, that sucks, you know, because cause, uh, what we do is it's it's art, but it's also a lot of hard work, man. I mean, just because we're not swinging a hammer doesn't mean we ain't busting our ass.
4: Oh, you know? I hear that. What are some of the What are some of the bands that that you know that have recently come out that you want other people to check out?
6: Um. As far as, I tell you what, I i it, they're not. I don't even know how recent they are. I know they came in a couple of years ago, but uh, I got into a band called Rival Sun. Have you heard of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, them guys kick ass. I really dig that. They kind of had that throwback. Um,
4: they toured with Sabbath uh, not too long ago, didn't they?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was right, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, they got that vintage kind of sound, you know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, we actually wound up uh, having some some kind of uh, I don't know. C- Semi connection with uh, um, uh, BlackBerry Smoke. Just some mutual friends. We had the same touring agency over <laughs> in uh, in uh, Europe with them, so it was. Uh, they they were cool. You know, it, it's not a hundred percent my cup of tea. You yeah. know, I like I like a little bit more push. So I do like the Southern Rock. You know, I yeah. I, I dig the Southern Rock kind of vibe.
4: Yeah, I just Italy, saw them. People are
6: coming out with you know, kind of you know, putting the blues back in into yeah. some of the rock music. But um you know, I'm also a big metalhead too, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's uh um but, but I mean I catch myself putting Megadeth <laughs> and Pantera records in because I, I haven't seen um you know anybody that's kinda of blown my blown my socks off. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, I um know. one of the things that I that uh I'm not sure if it's a good or a bad thing, but I, there was that trend a few years back where every singer was like during the verses of the song were like screaming and, and growling and it was very non-melodic. And then every chorus seemed to open up and become a very melodic Iron Maiden type riff. And then they go back and, I, and it was cool at first, like when Kill Switch and Gage did it and some mm-hmm. of these other bands were doing it. I was like, man, that's just pretty cool. Yeah. Some of the European guys like Soil Work and, they were they were doing that i thought it was cool and then all of a sudden everybody did it i mean like every band was doing the same thing and um but i was just listening to the uh an interview on the station a minute ago um and uh the guys that were talking were saying the same thing you know so they were saying you know when you find one they find guns and roses and now they want to find Guns N' Roses Part One, Two, Three, and Four. Yeah. But fourth Guns N' Roses, it, it's almost a joke by then. That. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like a parody of itself.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, so, um, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some. Uh, I one a guy I've been really getting into as a guitar player lately. I've been really into John Five a lot lately. Oh he's yeah, a, he's a monster.
4: Oh hell yeah, he is. Did you ever just yeah, I mean, just, he's a fucking... you just watch him. He's like you just. He, I, I saw him was like not too long ago. He was just doing some stuff on YouTube, and they were like, "Oh, we're to talk about some Van Halen, you know?" Because it was the, the um, it was the anniversary of the first one or whatever. He just started just ripping right. up playing the whole damn record. Like it was nothing.
6: The whole record. yeah. Oh my just, god! And and fluent. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's a monster. Man, he's really got his he's really got his thing together for sure. Nice. Um, you know, we got a, We have a cool crew up in Jersey. Where my, see my old man? That's where he's from. Yeah. Um. And there's a there's a big thing happening right now. From, it's, it's like a uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a like a reissue almost of uh, what they called the uh, Old Bridge Metal Militia. The Old Bridge Militia. Mm. And what this what this was basically is my dad's good friend, um, a guy named Metal Joe. Back in 1981 or something like that. Long story short, was in a place called uh, um, Old Bridge, New Jersey. And there was a, four long-haired dudes sharing a salad plate at Burger King because they all they could afford was one. Yeah, And they were getting the, the the salad bar and they were sharing one plate. And he was like, hey, what do you guys do? Oh, we're in a <laughs> band. We're out here touring from uh california and we were supposed to meet up at a record label that never showed up nah. and they stayed in his basement for you know a long time and fade to black was written on their couch it was fucking metallica oh,
4: wow
6: right So, mm-hmm. and so my old man's a part of this scene i mean he's a he was they called this old bridge militia it was not just bands but it was fans of bands that were that showed up to every rock and metal show. They came to everyone. If, oh, if it was the new band, you. Yeah. If, if you had never heard of the new band, you know Overkill or whatever, they yep. were coming. They they would all show up. Every one of them. There would be you know be dozens and dozens of these guys show up, and it started spreading. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my dad's uh, Bobby Ojo and Ray Dill. These all these guys, and my my dad's name's Mike Kelly. All these guys were watching Metallica for lack of better terms drinking beer partying while Metallica had a rehearsal in the in this in Metal Joe's basement and mm-hmm. that was kind of like what they would do on saturday nights like Metallica would give them you know a, a jam session because <laughs> they were practicing all of a sudden you know the kill 'em all thing happens but then uh uh ride the lightning is hitting with and they, they you know they move up they, they signed with megaforce records yeah um which Johnny Z is also a friend of theirs and then all of a sudden at an, they're on tour with Metallica I mean with uh, Ozzy with Master of Puppets yeah. and I mean the rest is history oh, you yeah. know I mean they just took off and so there's you know they my Metal Joe just got uh, an interview with Metallica they just put out a it's not a box set but it's a, it's a lot of stories and and reading and and unreleased music and stuff and he got a he got a spread they they interviewed him for for that and um You know, he's still to this day, you know, 30 years later, 35 years later, says, uh, how the hell would we have known? How would we have known that that was going to be the biggest metal band in history hanging out in our fucking basement? man? We didn't know. We would have never known it. And uh, it just happened, you know, and that kind of stemmed from that scene. So this is where I came from. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just a baby. I mean, I was just a kid. I didn't know anything about it. But my dad was in it. Yeah. So years go by. I mean you fucking years go by. And I'm thirty five now, so we're uh we're playing we're doing shows five years ago. We got this new band out and out of nowhere, um my dad's old friends reach out. Mm-hmm. See that we're man, you know, it seems like your son's hitting it, man, doing some things. So we started getting some gigs up in Jersey. We started playing these old Bridge milit- Militia festivals and um so you know, there's another little link up there that, you know, and you know how slow this business is. Oh yeah. We have uh Uh, one of our best friends is super tight. I mean, I'm talking like cell phone conversations with Lars Mm -hmm. and they, you know, Mm -hmm. they can't do anything for us. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not that they can't, they they do everything they can by giving us gigs and, and, you know, trying to get as good opening slots, but even knowing the biggest metal band in the world, uh, you know, may three or four people removed, but still having a contact with that, that doesn't even change things. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, 30 years ago, I think if somebody thought they knew Metallica or a band that big, you felt like you had a Get an in. a chance at something. Yeah. You know, that something may come of this. And nowadays, I mean, you know, every we've all got to kind of, you know, make our own thing. We all yeah. got to do our own thing. And, you know, and I think the record labels that are out of the picture now, which, thank God, you know, that uh, we don't have to give 90% of, our work, which is, you know, it's to some dude that sits in the office collecting 90% of everybody's work while we're out there eating fucking salami sandwiches mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, 10 day old bread just to try to make it to the next show. I you hear. know what I'm saying? Um, but it also makes it harder because we have, we're musicians in a lot of ways, and that's some of us, that's all we are. Um, and now we're having to learn a secondary uh, job, like being a manager yeah. or being a booking agent or being this or that being your own roadie you know and um so there's a lot more work as far as you know the behind the scenes goes for uh, you know as a band i you know i think back in the 80s you signed a record deal and all of a sudden you've got management you've got this you got this you got this yeah, you money you've for gotta you gotta still too. pay it back but yeah. but there's people doing it for you yep. but then then i mean how many you know 80s musicians can we name right now that are broke because of that signing that when they they thought that first lump of $2 million was theirs and it wasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think nowadays, uh, you know, maybe there's no money right at, at the moment, but I think if you believe in it enough and believe in your product enough and you keep pushing it and get that grassroots thing going and people do jump on it. You got to think, I, I personally think to myself, you know, if we reach a hundred thousand people across the world that are, will come to shows if we're in their area and they will buy our albums when they come out, that that's a solid band, right? That's a solid band. If you're doing that completely independently, Mm -hmm. um, if you were on a label, a hundred thousand people would be dismal. They would think it's terrible. They'd be dropped in a second, but I mean, I, I, you know, so it's taken me some time because I grew up in the family in a family of musicians and and friends and kind of, you know, brothers of the family that grew up in a time when it was, if you weren't signed, you weren't shit. Oh yeah. And uh, so, you know, just subconsciously, I think that got stuck in my brain. And it took me till I was about 28 years old to realize, you know what? No, we, I don't even want to be signed now. I mean, all the horror stories I hear from, and it's like, man, I don't even want to be, be signed. I I would rather be, uh, I would rather find my own way. Cause, yeah and I don't think anybody knows the correct formula right now. I mean, I've asked 10 different bands that have 10 different levels of success and not one of them said the same. So, uh I know that's kind of a long answer, but that's uh, I mean, that's just kind of what I see like the music business is right now. And and so I just try to keep my head down and and do uh do what I do, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and and play play music and write music and and if that means I gotta load my own gear and book my own shows for for the meantime, then I but then I will. But we're gonna still keep doing it regardless. You know what I mean? I, I understand. I don't that. think that I'm gonna look for that big old contract to sign. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. the, the, those uh, those those days don't even
4: exist anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean. I understand. I got a couple of questions here that was just sent over to us. Are you ready to yeah, f- yeah. ready to field some of these? Okay, here we go. Yeah, of course. The first question was. Ask how he gets his Waffle House hash
6: browns. (laughs) I get my Waffle House hash browns with chili and cheese.
4: Okay. Ask if he ever visited the train from the movie The Fugitive in Culloway, North Carolina. They filmed the scene where Harrison (laughs) Ford escaped there.
6: (laughs) You ain't going to believe this. But my wife, and she graduated from... And I went to Western Carolina. I lived in Colby for two years, and the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Let's see. I said a salad bar and Burger King. I declare shenanigans.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, uh, there, uh, yeah, I'm not – that that part of the, <laughs> uh, of the story, I'm not exactly sure where that is, but it's something like that.
4: <laughs> uh, here we go. You ask if you like COC being there from – north carolina
6: man pepper keenan i've met him a couple of times he's one of the nicest guys but i got uh my dad again who's my drummer he turned me on to coc uh back before um right when headbangers ball was ending
5: mm-hmm. like the
6: very the very last of the original headbangers ball um he turned me on to uh albatross yeah. and that video came on and and there used to be Columbia House tapes. You remember that? You remember that where you could buy like twenty tapes for oh, a yeah. penny or yep. something.
5: You tape it uh, on, and
6: uh, that was for my like twelfth birthday. I got Deliverance uh, from my dad for my twelfth birthday. So absolutely, yeah, I love C.O.C. Uh,
4: let's see. He also asks. He goes. you know that Paul Stanley likes C.O.C.K. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
6: Oh man, that is one of the whoever sent that question and or that comment in is absolutely that I'm I'm stealing that joke. That's
4: funny <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Here's another one. He said, "Ask if he was at the Hurricane Sandy Metal Militia benefit in New Jersey in 2013." In 2013,
6: no, we didn't make it. We didn't make it that one. The following year, we came up, and um, now we did do uh, donations from our merchandise sales that mm-hmm. we made um, during. I can't remember what the, what the month exactly was, but we, uh, we did that. I donated a guitar to – broke a broken guitar that I broke on stage. <laughs> it was actually – it broke on stage during a show up in Jersey.
5: Mm-hmm. gave
6: it to Metal Joe, and I don't know if, if, if he – I think he's got a part of his merch thing, but I said, you know, do something with this if you can fix it, and maybe give it to a kid to do some, some lessons on, whatever. Um, but the following year is when we played uh, the first Bulldozer Bash. Okay. Um, and but my a lot of my family uh, that that are from the coast uh, in South Amboy, New Jersey. A lot of my family and friends and stuff, You know, uh, were very affected by Hurricane Sandy. Uh, um, seeing pictures of where I where I was born at, where my father grew up, with people's mailboxes. I mean, up to to the bottom of the mailbox, sand. You know, that's what I mean, crazy. like that. It was it was bad, bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was uh, that was that hit pretty close to home for sure for us.
4: Uh for people who aren't familiar with your music, want to give them a little brief and tell them a little bit about yourself and the history of yourself?
6: Yeah, man. Um it's uh without no many too many frills. It's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of southern blues twist to it. Um my old man likes to describe it as uh if if you could imagine a, a nice solid mix of Motorhead and Skinner, <laughs> Because we like to keep it up tempo, man. You know, we I, I really write from a drum standpoint, which is uh, learning that from my dad. So you know, we I, I I like tempos changes, and and I like the songs to to push a little bit. You know, um, sometimes I catch myself if I'm writing from a guitar standpoint, my strum stays the same. So if you start thinking about it from the drum, so we we really plan our music that way. Um, it's it, but it's rock, man. You know, it's, it's it's rock and roll. If if you dig rock, you'll. It, you should dig this, man. You know, it it's uh it's Marshall half stacks, S V T bass rigs, and uh twenty six inch double bass. Big nice. John Bonham double kick.
5: Uh, oh, but, do it.
6: You know, with two kick drums. So we mm-hmm. you know, it's it's there's no uh there's no hidden agenda. <laughs> we come <laughs> out we play rock, you know what I mean?
4: What kind of guitars are you, are you slinging
6: Um, always played Les Pauls mm-hmm. and then about uh six months ago a friend of mine let me mess around on his very uh very hot wired telecaster and i immediately went and bought it Uh. so i've been playing uh i probably like sacrilegious for some guys but for our our drop b tuning stuff any kind of alternate tuning i use uh the uh telecaster Mm -hmm. and for anything that we do standard uh you know regular tuning i use less fall and i use slide on if okay. i'm playing slide i use a less ball. Ooh, that's yeah. it just those two i i have tried a million other things and and I, I play guitar like a like i play guitar hard you know what i mean oh yeah i banged it and yeah. and for me a, a guitar that's heavy and kind of pushes back like a less ball or something like that you know that uh that it just it it suits my style better because uh Every time I pick up like an Ibanez or something like that, they're great guitars. Mm-hmm. They really are, but they're not. A Paul, I feel though. like I'm gonna snap the neck in half or yep. something. I really, you know, mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm gonna I play it too hard and knock it all out of tune <laughs> and shit. So I'm a I'm a Les Paul guy. What models do you Les have? Les Paul through Marshall.
4: What model? What, that? what model Les Pauls do you play?
6: Uh, the one I got right. The one I, my main one that I've been playing right now is just a uh, it's a '91 Studio. Mm-hmm. And I've I've got two studio Les Pauls that I've been playing, uh, and that's that's what I take out on the road with me. Now I got a couple of I got a, my old man's Washburn. It's a uh, uh, another you know humbucker hot rodded Telecaster, and I use that in the studio. I'll use a Strat in the studio sometimes uh, for clean sounds. Um, but the but the two Les Pauls I take out on the road with me are studios.
4: Nice. Yeah, I have um, what 2015 was a Les Paul Les Plus. I play that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have a Les Paul Classic. I think it's a 2017. Oh, yeah. It's brand brand new. Got a black one, but I I just got recently got rid of an 81 um, custom. Uh, right. I, I've had some. You know, you get all these guitars. You end up. Right. I want to get something different. I'm getting tired of you Looking for things and reasons why you should get rid of something. And I'm gonna get right. to, I want to get. I want to upgrade. It's time to upgrade. And you know, get rid of. Yeah, I got up to over 20 guitars. I'm like, I got to do something. <laughs> right on.
6: <laughs> Damn right. And, and, you know, the biggest complaint that I get from, you know, I hear from a lot of people about a Les Paul, of course, is the heaviness of it. Yeah. But I'm so used to it now that, that it's no different than, than, you know, it's just what I'm used to, to playing. The, actually, the weight of a Les Paul is is, is what I like about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, it, it, it just feels... Coming off of, coming right out of the Mars, mar, I play a JCM 2000, mm-hmm. um, and coming right out of the the head to the 412, yeah. to the guitar, it, it just, I, something about that combo, it just feels like one piece. It just oh, feels yeah. connected. I, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. Oh, I understand just, that. It just feels right. You know what I
4: mean? Yeah, I play through a DSL 100, so I I know the vibe that you're getting out of it.
6: You know the vibe. Yep. Damn right. DSL's mm-hmm. nice shit. I mean, it, uh Like I said, another thing my dad told me when I was a kid, you know, and and, I mean, nowadays there's a million different amps out there. Of course, you got, you know, your uh, uh, rectifiers and your um, uh, like black stars starting to make a new name and stuff. But in the bulk of rock and roll music from when rock really started getting popular till even till nowadays, Nine eighty percent, you turn on, you see the band's video, and there's that damn white Marshall, of yep. Marshall, written back there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason for it, and I know that every you know people say, oh, they've kind of lost their touch, and maybe so. I don't know, but I, my amp is I I bought it brand new in, in ninety nine or at ninety eight, so it's a twenty year old amp, um, and maybe that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that that's something uh, that it still had the craftsmanship that the the Marshall, uh you know that Marshall you know, got the reputation from oh, yeah. but uh but that man to me again you know it's it's an sg with angus but mm-hmm. i always say when you hear that first strum of an a on uh highway to hell yeah. nah, nah, that's it there's no doubt in your mind what that is oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean that, that's a uh, That's a Marshall amp that's like a JCM 800 or something turned on 10 Mm -hmm. with a Gibson and as pure of a power chord A as you can make. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what I love. That's why that's, this has always caught my ear. You know, Mm -hmm. it always has.
4: What are you using to try to find that ultimate tone for your guitars? Any type of effects?
6: Um. You, I have a couple of pedals, but uh, here lately, for the first time in in a in a long time, I've actually added some delay to my to my solo section. I usually used to keep it pretty dry, mm-hmm. but I just used an Ibanez tube screamer. Uh, uh I got a uh, Crybaby Wah, mm-hmm. and um, a friend of mine, Jimmy Keenan, who is just a, uh, he's he's not only a great guitar player, but he fixes all kind. You know, he makes all kinds of contraptions, and and he modeled a stomp box. After the, um, after the Ibanez, the, the tube screamer, but he, uh, he beefed it up just a little bit. So I got that as a, I run it separate. Um, it's just a black box with a tone, a volume and, uh, a crunch knob on it. And that's it. That's what I don't have a name or nothing on it. And, and that when it's time to go to a, uh, you know, a, a crescendo, uh, solo liquor, you know, we're really bringing up to, to, uh, to a high fever kind of pitch then I uh I, p- I kicked out on it and, and it it takes the it takes the crunch and, and the thickness up to to another level oh yeah and to, to add to that one thing that I've started experimenting also with uh with with tone on stages again my wife is my bass player and she's a monster crystal Kelly is her name she's a monster bass player she's been playing uh in a Bunch of good bands, but her first real band uh, around Asheville area a band called Zombie Queen, all female, all monster players. I mean, they fuck, they were they were the band in Asheville for about three years. I mean, everybody went to see them. They were kicking ass. So after we lost our last guy, um, we, uh, <laughs> I tell I asked her. I was like, look. I need you to play bass for me, you know mm-hmm. what i mean i i you know you've been out gigging and 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 running the roads for the last ten years you've got the experience you got the chops and, and I need it. she's the same ways that she plays uh uh Ibanez sound gear, but she plays it through a classic s v t classic with an eight ten uh cabinet yeah so we were running that we were running that so i i took i had this old fender tw- two uh, fender four twelve cabinet, so I'm just running the line out off of the second instead of running a full stack, I'm running a half stack on my side and I'm taking a long speaker cable and I put it beside her S V T on her side of the stage and then we're taking the smaller baby S V T with the with the four tens in it and I put that on my side. So you know it's so just in case and you know what I mean when I say this, mm-hmm. just in case a sound man doesn't understand that we need monitors.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah. I
6: always got I always got bass guitar on my side and she's always got my guitar on her side. So no matter where you're standing, huh. if, if the PA isn't pumping like you want it to,
5: yeah.
6: um, if, if somebody's standing, you know, front row, bass guitar side, you're still going to get my amp. Cause I still got a 412 running on that side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know how many people do that. I'm, it's probably common. I'm not sure, but I just, uh, it just kind of hit me one day. I was like, you know what, if we do it that way, then no matter what, that front of front of house front of stage is always going to sound full.
5: Yeah.
6: So um, it kind of you know it kind of kind of gives it a little bit more of a stereo effect. You know, everybody, if you're stage left, you'll still hear what's coming off stage right. It won't be too bass heavy or vice oh, versa. Yeah. You know, just guitar screaming in your ears. So that's been kind of cool. That's that's mm-hmm. a new experiment we've been messing with on stage. It's a little more gear loading, but you know what? So what? You know, yeah, I, I would rather. You know, set up a couple extra amps, um, and not sacrifice what what's com- what's coming off the mm-hmm. stage. You know,
4: how frustrating does do you get that when you're when you're getting ready to play and you do the sound check and everything, and then right when you go live, boom, you have you ain't got shit coming out of those front monitors, what? and you get you can't yourself. Where did everything go? Yeah,
6: that yes. Where the hell did everything <laughs> go when we did our sound check ten minutes ago, it, or you know, or if there was a another band that was on stage and, and or whatever? I don't. Yes. And then you go on, and when you were doing sound check, it was like everything sounded right. Yep. You could hear your vocals cut through. You're, you mm-hmm. could hear everything. And then you go on stage, and there's nothing. And then when you tell the guy to come up, <laughs> he turned somebody else it up. Seems like he's turning the, something else up. But all of a sudden, yep. you get a, a bass drum, uh, a bass drum like. A, I'm like <laughs> never mind. You know what? Uh, I'll just blow my fucking voice out again. I hear you. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, you
4: know, I I'd say though, man, it is
6: frustrating.
4: Yeah, I think the last I ten shows did. I did, that that's exactly what happened. We all and I never was able to hear myself play. It's like I'm. It's a good thing I know what I'm doing and I know what these sounds right. are where I'm playing. Other than that, that's it's right. way, like it sounds like you're oh, winging yeah, it.
6: That's you, That's exactly what you're
4: doing. I mean, you're mm-hmm. playing by
6: muscle memory now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't it be nice if, if you know if, if you're on? Uh, you know, you're playing. You got two guitar players in your band. Yeah. Yeah, so wouldn't it be nice to if you're playing a solo mm-hmm. to be able to hear your rhythm guy oh, yeah. and vice versa? Mm-hmm. I mean it, it it sucks to have to guess, man. Yeah. It really does. And it, and all of a sudden you know it starts taking a little bit of the fun out of it because oh, yeah. you want you're you're a little bit on edge now because you're wondering, oh, "Man, are we really hitting the way we're supposed to?" Um oh man, you're Dominic, you nailed that on the head, brother. I <laughs> one of the most frustrating things and it you 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 said it and for anybody that's listening that's a musician you know that this isn't just once in a while this is a common yeah. occurrence it's oh, yeah. almost like there's a ghost in the machine mm-hmm. i don't know what it is but it seems like it happens so much
4: yeah i'd yeah. say like the it, la- it frustrates la- it. <laughs> i'd say definitely the last 10 shows i played every one of them was like that and then it'd be like everyone. Every, every and then the drummer would be like, he has this great big ass monitor right next to his head, and he doesn't hear shit. Can't,
6: can't hear nothing. I know. Can't hear anything. It's like, hey, listen, you're, we're not a, a couple of guitars coming through those big fifteen inch speakers. Ain't gonna mm. hurt nothing. Yeah. Please turn it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, what are you worried about happening? It's, it's, uh, yeah, I know, man. It, it's definitely something that uh, that again, you know, people that that don't know. And for listeners that don't know, um, what you're hearing out front, whether it's great or bad or mediocre, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever you're hearing out front, we I don't, guarantee you it's we don't never it. been the same band on stage ever. That's right. Not once. Yeah, we don't hear and, that. And every there. time you come off stage and somebody's like, man, you guys fucking killed yeah. it tonight. <laughs> and I'm, and in my head, I'm thinking, God Almighty, I thought we sucked. Yeah. And the vice versa, come off the stage and be like, man, we fucking jammed tonight. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, man, you guys are pretty good.
4: I couldn't hear you. (laughs) I heard everybody else, but you (laughs) played.
6: Yeah, man, that's for sure.
4: (sighs) Well, we're going to be winding this down here in a second here, but um, how can people get a hold of your music and your websites and your merch and everything you have going on?
6: Okay, cool. Well, right now our website is uh, the official website is just about to be finished back up. We had uh, an official website when we were on an indie label and it took us a little while and I'm not even going to give him a plug. So Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) we we took, uh, it took us a little while to to get my, my name back as far as, uh, because once the, once it ran up, once the time ran out on it, um, it got bought um, and got, and then, then I got it, uh, got it. Tried to be sold back to me for much more than uh, it was worth. So we went through a little bit of that. So uh, the RoryKelly.com, we wind up just saying, screw it. Yeah. We stopped fighting it. And uh, RoryKellyMusic.com mm-hmm. is, I mean, it, it's any day now. Uh, it could be within the next, I would say, three weeks that the new official website, RoryKellyMusic.com, will be launched and up. It'll have all of our merch on it. Um, it'll, it'll have a way to get, you know, to our iTunes and, and stuff like that. We've got a catapult distribution. So every major media outlet that everybody can get on, what, you know, if if you like Amazon, or if you like Google play, if you like whatever, uh, Spotify,
5: mm-hmm. um, we
6: got our uh, Pandora, we have our Pandora station, which they already put that up for us. So, um, you know, they, you can still check that one out at the moment, but, um, all that information will be on Rory Kelly music uh, within the next couple weeks. But and if you can remember what I'm saying now, you can, uh, you know, of course you've got YouTube channels. You can check all that out. You can go to Pandora and uh, just type in Rory Kelly, and we got our own station on that. And um, some of our older material is still on iTunes at the moment. But uh, the new stuff, again, once we finally, after a couple of, a couple of long arguments, <laughs> mm-hmm. leave it at that uh we finally got the rights to our music back um and uh so we repackaged all the records we repacked we, we had to get rid of the artwork because it wasn't ours anymore
5: yeah.
6: um basically, I got my songs back, and the label got their uh their end of the bargain back, and that was the end of it you mm-hmm. know so um you know it's all repackaged, but there's three. Uh, full studio releases on uh, on all of those media outlets that you can you can check out, and uh, yeah, I guess that's about it as, as far as I can remember. And uh, luckily, I have a weird enough name that uh, if you just type in Rory Kelly band or music, or mm-hmm. it'll be the first one that pops up. There ain't there's not another one of me right now, so that's 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 kind of beneficial.
4: <laughs> what, what's on the RoryKelly.com dot com site? What what's that? What's what's what are they selling on your Rory dot com site?
6: Well actually it's not being sold. What they did was they just bought it and they're holding on oh. to the domain name, not using anything. Oh mine. Um, and it's just it's just you know what I'm saying, it's just, it's laying dormant. Um and they from where I could have got it, you know, originally from GoDaddy or whatever and got yeah. it myself. Um, you know, the, the label had told me uh no, 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 we'll handle that. We'll handle that. We we'll take care of that. They mm. did it. It lasted, our relationship lasted about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, to make, and here's why, this was the final nail in the coffin when it ended, and I'll, I'll stop talking your ear off. But um, we were in, in the middle of, um, we did six months straight. It was the longest tour I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we did six weeks in Europe, six weeks in the U.S., and we're talking maybe uh, two weeks in between, six weeks Europe, six weeks U.S. One more month in the uh, in the U.S. and then back to Europe for like another eighteen dates. And um, on our last leg of our U.S. tour, in um, we were in Fresno, California. We were playing with another good friend of mine, JB Beverly. He he sang with the Murder Junkies. He was he came in after Jeezy Allen died. He uh, he did a couple of uh, uh, Wayward Drifters. He, he played with Hank three. He's got a pretty good resume, and we were his backing band, but and trade off to to be his backing band to play his tunes the trade off was we get an opening slot every night you know and that yeah. was, it was a good trade off and so we both were on the same record label we were pulling for each other helping each other out and we got out to Fresno California and our uh, which was my van at the time um had a real major issue with uh the uh with uh, an um, oil main oil seal uh went and we were, I mean, we were I'm literally the furthest point across the country you get from getting back home. And we still had 25 shows left. And it was like a $2,500 fix. And so we, we did a Facebook blast. Anybody, any of our friends that can help out, we'll get you guys some T-shirts, whatever. We'll make it up to you. <laughs> if we figured if we can get all of our Facebook friends to send 10 bucks a piece, we can make this happen and not, you know, not lose our asses. Yeah. And so many people came through. And this is no shit when I tell you this. So many people came through, people came above and beyond, sent 100 dollars, 500 dollars, even a couple of people. Sent. I mean, they really, really came through. But by people sending it, it was not anonymous. We were yeah. able to see who sent what? And the record label sent five fucking dollars. And I felt like wow. that was a kick in the balls. Five bucks. And I want everybody to know that, and they know who we used to be on. Um, five bucks. Wow. I, I said, you know, a real record label would have just went ahead and footed the bill, yeah. and when we got back from the tour, we could have just gave him the money back.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: But instead, he sent five bucks. Damn. So that was the end of it. We all decided that was it, and I, from that day on, I did everything I could to get out of the contract. And it, I was just such a so um, poignant about it, and, and that that it just finally he just relented, and it was the end of it. And we came to an agreement that we both could deal with and like i said i got my tunes back and he got his uh his artwork back and you know all the other frills that came up with him certain videos that were released on his site got taken down blah blah blah. but i didn't care yeah. because that was that was that was an insult man you know what i mean i'm talking you want you want to talk about being disheartened when you're you know trying to to survive and you see the guy that is supposed to be behind you. Yeah, the guy that you're actually out on the road trying to make money for. That's right. Send you a five dollar bill. Were they a Were they a
4: reputable um, label? That, where they had money?
6: Uh, a, a, well, yeah, yes, because originally, um, he came from Gearhead Records, mm-hmm. which was a good r- label out of San Francisco that had the band the hives on it they had some pretty good i mean they they were like they were very much a part of that um uh what do you call it uh like rockabilly scene with cars and the classic cars and stuff and they they had a they had a gearhead Records itself not so much all the artists but the the label itself and the merch that they came out with was was quite the uh trendy thing back in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. and so they did well so what the guy that he was an A&R for them picked up my old band, Crank County Daredevils. And he, within two weeks of us signing with Gearhead, he left the label. Wow. <laughs> the guy that signed us left the label. And we're like, well, we don't even know anybody else. What, the, <laughs> what are we doing? So he got us out of that contract and started up his own record label right then there on the spot using the knowledge he had, the money he had from the split. And um, he had all these great ideas and it seemed to be seemed to be going well. Um, then he picked up my solo act and it seemed to be doing really well for a while. And then all of a sudden it started to change. And I, I, I don't know I don't know the ins and outs and why it started to change because he had a lot of good bands. Hellbound Glory was on there. I mean they did they must have done <sighs> they must've played with every big act and multiple dates. I mean, they did tours with Kid Rock. They did tours with um, ZZ Top. I mean, these crank County Daredevils, my other band. Mm-hmm. I mean, we opened up for cheap Trick last year uh, in front of 18,000 people. I yes. mean, he had bands on this label that were good. That could have been really pushed. Um, and, all of us were kind of on high. All the bands we all we all got along well. We all toured together, and then one day, out of nowhere, I don't know how or I don't know why, but it all stopped. And every one of the bands I just named were either dropped, or quit, or got put on hold. And it just, it just became this. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get into any of the drama of it. All mm-hmm. I know is that one day, you know, things were not getting done anymore, and I you know I. It all started when I told when I told him I said you know we we've got 30 shows in Europe man I mean so we've got 30 European gigs and I can't get you because the the booking uh, the booking agent in Europe for weeks I'm talking weeks was begging me to get her the merchandise the flyers the, the things that I don't have control over. These are the things that the label was supposed to be taken care of. Yeah. And she could not get a hold of him for months. And finally the day before we were we were in Charlotte Airport and as we were getting on the plane my friend that we, we waited to the last minute and he said, Hey man, your uh your merchandise just arrived at my house. Wow. I said, Well dude, I'm in f- fucking in the air. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Like shit like that. So then we get to Europe and we have to buy another 250 t-shirts out of our own pocket because That's he crazy. didn't send it to us in time. And he had months. It took eight months to book the tour. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, he had two days to figure this out. He had eight months to do it. Mm. And I got charged extra because the, um, the 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 art designer, art director for the promotion company out of Europe got tired of waiting too and designed and printed flyers for the whole, you know, about six countries, you know, so they had a lot of money invested in that. And yeah. at the end of the tour, when it's all said and done, you know, the money that was made by us and the money that was put out by the, by both labels and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I go down looking at these things at these numbers and realize, cause I had no management. It was just me doing it myself. Yeah. And I'm looking at these numbers and realize that because of the bonehead, not getting the merch to us and n- not getting the artwork done to us, it, uh, we wind up losing about forty four hundred bucks. That's worth, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Worth of worth of potential sales, but it was an actual bill for uh, I think it was something like thirty two hundred dollars an and thirty two hundred euro, which was like four four grand. It was an yeah. actual bill that I got billed because of the t-shirts they had to be printed and they were printed. They had to be printed overnight basically because we were on the plane and we had to pick them up in Belgium. I mean, it was a mess and that's when it started going downhill for me and I let him know I didn't like it and he didn't, and he didn't know that and he didn't like that I spoke up and that was, that was the, that's, that was the beginning of the end. It didn't last much longer after that.
4: That sounds like it.
5: Man,
6: yeah, really so you know, and I ain't I ain't talking shit. That's why I ain't going to yeah. say nobody's name. You know, I ain't talking shit. These are just facts. Right? Yeah. It's just what it is. It's just, just the way it happens. So uh, for the last three years, we have been completely independent. Um, excuse me, two years. For the last two years, we've been completely independent. Um, so if it's got a, a Rory Kelly logo on it or a Rory Kelly music on it, it was done by us from our little backyard studio that we got. And a friend of mine from out in St. Louis, uh, she uh, does the printing for our um, T-shirts. And that's it. We keep it in-house after that. I'm almost afraid to ask anybody else to help. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's kind of our story, man. Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate you uh, you taking a... Taking an, taking an interest in it and and listening, and I want to thank your cousin Mary for for setting us up. That's really nice. cool. That yeah, that, I appreciate I that.
4: I love I love getting turned on to new 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 music and you know and just talking oh. music with people because hey man, it's you know we're, we're all we're one big family when it comes down to the guitar and in the, the, the bands, you know, yeah. we all That's have that. Right. connection. We're all one big family. Yeah, and
6: like I guess I'll say this to you, just like I say this to anybody else. When you guys, if you are, if your band ever comes to North Carolina. Any band that I know that's touring through, they've always got a place to stay. We got an extra bed and, and and a living room. And my house is a rock and roll house. We got a lot of guys that come stay and sleep on our couches and sleep on our our extra bed. And
4: mm-hmm.
6: it's an open invite to all of our uh, all of our music friends. That's for sure. You know that?
4: Let's see. I got one more question. Uh, right. This one's coming from Jeff. He said, "Ask if he would object if the RoryKelly.com became a midget porn site."
6: Uh if it didn't I'd be upset now. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody would please buy that Rory dot com and make a midget porn site, I will uh I mean I, I'll be the first guy to put it up as our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if it's not rock and roll, it's fucking midget porn is one or the other, right? <laughs> That's right.
4: <laughs> Can you do us a quick favor? Right yeah. Can you do a promo ID for a radio show? Just say your name, the band you're with, you're listening to Maximum Threshold and throw something crazy out at the end of it and don't put no thought into it. Okay. You tell me when. Whenever you're ready.
6: All right. This is Rory Kelly from the Rory Kelly Band. You're listening to Maximum Threshold and get fucking loud.
3: Nice.
4: Hey, Rory, man. Hey, I, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out. And especially like a last minute, just to pop on here and talk about your music and everything right about on, you, man. Yeah. So you, you got well, me. Well, I appreciate
6: you. Man, thank you so much, bro. And let's stay in touch. And, and then uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's try to bring some rock and roll back to the world. I think it could use it. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks, brother.
4: Take care, man. Right.
6: See you, Bye.
2: This is Michael Chloroform, lad, and you're listening to Maximum Flashing. Hmm. Impetuous boy! Oh, well. Who wants to live forever? Dad! <laughs> hey, we can do to our stuff the dog back of that truck. <laughs>
10: It
8: sounds
1: like it's time to uh, give away some contest time.
2: We'll keep watching today. Have a smartphone, iPod, iPad, or even Roku. Grab the app, tune in, and search "Maximum Threshold" and hear the show live
5: directly from your device.
4: phone lines are open call us now 440-709-4977 once again the call-in line in the studio here is 4977 we'll be prepared you call you will be on
3: the air this is the hellion if you are listening to maximum
1: threshold on the net
3: In the name of... Metal! No, no, no. Hey, this is Jason McMaster, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold. This is WWE superstar Bray Wyatt, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold. Follow the buzzer.
4: And now on Max and Threshold, I will play all your requests right now. Here you go, every song you wanted me to play. I'm playing it right now. All your favorite songs.
0: Hey,
3: it's rigged,
4: See, we play your requests here on Maximum Threshold. My request on maximumthreshold.net. My request for groove, some overkill. Thanks, Rory. There's that pigweed by request I'm Going out to Jeff Kiss. Pigweed, time is now. Maxim Thresher. Horns up. Kiss my body. Of course, by request, I, I went out to Jeff Kiss because, you know, he wanted to hear that. So, yep. So, let me do this. We got some more cool stuff coming up. I went. I got to play the song. The song's stuck in my head. What up,
3: y'all? Pepper Keenan from down. You're going to send the maximum threshold. You dig it?
4: go man that's some some classic for you classic clc for you yep clean my wounds there you go ah just rolling right along here man if you guys are having fun along with us yep uh let's see i got a couple more songs here i gotta knock out then we're getting out of here man um we're gonna be these other interviews on next week but i had a blast so far Let's see. Do, 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 do. Okay, I got, I got some dead daisies coming up. I also have, let's see, some broken testi- testimony. And I think I might be able to try to sneak into Snoo. I don't know. We're running out of time here. But here you go. Maybe back in a little bit. Horns up, for Snare. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
6: Hey, guys. This is John Karabi from the Scream Motley Crew Union. ABBA, Justin Bieber, whatever, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold, baby, turn it
0: up. Come on!
2: choose the
0: You motherfucker oh! A maximum threshold, baby Woo! This is Michael Starr for Steel Panther
9: Hi, this is John from olbeat And you're listening to Maximum Threshold
2: <sighs> Hi, this is Nita Strauss from the Alice Cooper Band And we start wars And you're listening to Maximum Threshold Radio Shred on
4: Thanks Nita, thanks John And thanks John Karabi as well um, hey, this, I had to pull this one out. This one here is John five promo ID this is classic. I want to thank Rory for making me think of him.
2: Hey, this is John five. And you're listening maximum threshold.
4: Yeah, we had them all on. <laughs> There's so many that I didn't even cut out of interviews yet. I still got a piece of there and put them on the board. I think I got like close to 500 of them promo IDs. There's just so many of them. I can only have so many on the board. So um, I got this band that hit me up uh, not too long ago. And I'm, I want to play them again. They were pretty cool. It was Broken Testimony. And these guys actually, when they heard it, they, they were played on here. They went all out there and was pushing it out there on the social media sites and Twitter and Facebook and all that. And I appreciate it. And anything like we could do to help, you know, especially if a band's going to push their music, you know, we're there for you. So here you go, Melissa here is Broken Testimony with Medusa here on Maximum Threshold Radio. They got some ghosts coming up in a little bit here. Goes out the groove. Broken Testimony. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and tell me you heard them here on Maximum Threshold Radio. Horns up, baby.
9: By the way, I, uh, the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, I'd have to say is has gotta be uh, uh, the threesome I had in 2004 with Ron Jeremy yeah and, uh, and a girl and a girl it wasn't Ron and a guy and Lucky Jim and uh, I'll tell you exactly how it happened, uh, after the porn awards in 04, none of the girls would fuck me so I was manically depressed, and I walk up to my buddy Dennis' room. Dennis owns the Bunny Ranch in Reno, which is a legal brothel, which I've never been to. Like, he's invited me to go, and I don't want to go. Like, I like the illegal aspect of prostitution. I don't want it to be all fun with a lot of lamps at a ranch with flowers. I want to be behind a warehouse in Brooklyn for $35 with a beautiful black girl with arms like Kobe Bryant and a skew blonde wig. Welcome back to Europe, Daddy. All right, all right, all right. But I walked up in Dennis's room. It was the most surreal thing I'd ever seen. There is Ron Jeremy fucking a girl on the bed. I walk in, and uh, she's on her hands and knees, and Ronnie's behind her, and he's like, uh, hey, man, how you doing? And I'm like, all right. And I can't see much, because he has on a long uh, hockey jersey. But then he pulls out, and there it is. And Jesus, did I stare. I think I even went, ooh. I was cockstruck. I really wanted a picture with it. And Then he looks at me and he goes, "Uh, hey man, I think she needs a cock in her mouth, which is my cue. (laughs) So I look at her to see if she does need a cock in her mouth, because you have to confirm that, otherwise you're going to feel like a silly goose. (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, You look like you needed it. (laughs) Don't you wish life were that simple? Why'd you jam your cock in her mouth? She looked like she needed it. (laughs) Case dismissed. But she was cool she's like yeah baby I'd love it now normally I wouldn't do this in front of people i get too nervous for me to keep a heart on everything has to be perfect you know dim the lights flick my nipples no talking But <laughs> well, fuck it man this is Ron Jeremy this is like the Pope giving mass saying hey you come up and help <laughs> it's not exactly like that <laughs> but I decided to do it so I take it out I kneel on the bed Ron looks at me and he goes hey man you got a nice piece and I'm such a retard I went really? <laughs> And of course he ignored me because, you know, he's trying to be polite and I want to turn it into a five-hour miniseries. And he didn't mean it. He just wanted me to be comfortable because he's Ron Jeremy and I'm kneeling there like an Asian in a cold tub. But she grabbed it, popped it in her mouth. He starts fucking her. I'm having a real and legitimate threesome with a porn legend and I'm thinking, this is amazing. Without warning, he grabs her hips and goes, pow, she jumps forward and my life flashes before my eyes. And he sees my face, and he laughs. And he goes, ah, I did that on purpose. And I just wanted to show you the biggest no-no in porn. Whenever you're having a two-on-one, you never thrust that hard, or you could seriously injure the other guy. Thank you. And then I'm like, man, that's how you know you got a big cock. When you can injure another person through a third party. If I want to hurt you with my dick, I have to pour lemon juice on the helmet and jam it in the corner of your eye.
4: Okay, people, we're getting out of here on that note. That was pretty good. So I'll see you guys next week. Fun show for you. I want to thank Dave Roach, Michael, and Rory Kelly for being on the show this week. I had a blast, man! I had a lot of fun. Thanks again for everybody for tuning in. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google, Google Music, wherever the hell you find us at. Subscribe and please uh, give us some stars and stuff like that. And leave us some comments. Leave us some comments. We'll read it on air and uh, we'll give you we'll give you some some stuff if you leave us some comments on our on on blah 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 on them. Okay, I see you guys. Have a good one. We're out of here. Bye. Love y'all. There you go!
3: You just listen to Maximum Threshold Radio Show. It is live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. to whenever the fuck they shut
5: up. So tune in.
3: It is pointless to resist.